The presenting sponsor of On Education is Participate. Lately, teachers from all over have been working together to find new approaches to provide quality remote education. Participate's sister company, Participate Learning, presents United We Teach, a global gathering place for educators to share distance learning resources as we navigate these strange times. For these resources and more, visit participate.com slash oneducation. And not going to solve your AAA gaming problem because an emulator still operates on the same chipset. And it's the chip that actually matters. And there's your lesson in computer architecture. <laughs> Welcome to On Education, part of the On Podcast Media Network. My name is Mike Washburn. And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We'll talk about all the new toys that have come out or been announced recently, which ones we're going to buy, which ones we're going to take a pass on. Everyone's tired. We'll talk about how sustainable our work this school year is. And our guest this week is educator, CEO of EduMatch, and friend of the podcast, Sarah Thomas. My um, Twitch channel. Yes. Mr. Something Washburn. I'm working a lot on, and it just passed 400 followers, which That's is wild. That's freaking awesome. So it took me, I think I, I I created my Twitch account in like 2016, 2015. Mm-hmm. It took me 200, uh, to get to 200 followers, like four years. <laughs> and I've I've gotten I've gotten the other 200. So I, I, I hit 200 followers sometime around... Um, September. Yes. So since September till now, I've I've added another two hundred. But it's um, super hard, though. I mean, people oh, that are listening out there prob- probably think, "Well, that doesn't seem like a lot." Streaming is so hard. It's super competitive. Yeah. Every time slot. So if you think of this, this is what I was thinking about when I, because I, you know, I obviously watch a lot of Twitch streamers, specifically about Hearthstone, sometimes about FIFA, because I'm a big nerd. Um, but these people are on four to four plus hours let's just say a day so they fill a specific time slot everybody so just so you guys know and it's kind of like having the radio on or the tv in the background that's how it is to me you know kind of this thing mm -hmm. where you are it's a personality you are used to and they're obviously doing something that you enjoy and then you can have interactivity with them but they dominate a huge space so it's not like tv where it was a 30 minute time slot mike you know i was just thinking about for you where whenever you decide to stream how many thousands and hundreds of thousands of other streamers are streaming at the exact same time especially when i'm streaming minecraft so minecraft is the hardest one to compete with because there are literally thousands of people streaming Minecraft any given at any at any given time, yes. And some of those people have thousands and 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 tens of thousands even of people watching them, which means that it's called discoverability. And yes. discoverability is super low on Twitch. Mm. Um, it 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 makes it very hard to grow you have to work super hard at it so i have been and i actually have a really big announcement that i'm yeah, i think i'm gonna save fits, until like oh okay i thought i was think gonna i'm gonna save it to so that. this is like the plug <laughs> this is like the tune in next week <laughs> okay uh for the big announcement um but i'm working on it i'm just not ready 
yet. Because it's um, interesting the topic though, as we've we've discussed this on on the side of whether we should, um, you know, when a kid says, "Hey, I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a streamer." You know, in general, whatever it might be, Twitch streamer, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. To just go, yes, you can do this, but just understand how incredibly difficult it is. And I watch a bunch of so hard. early 20-year-old, uh, I want to call them uh, post-college graduate students who have put their whole life into doing that, right, as a career. And they're just grinding it out, barely living. You know, and they say that too. You know, I need every little thing you know a subscription uh even if it's a you know the amazon prime thing subscription or a little donation here and there just to pay their rent and then they're grinding out these long days of you know eight plus hours a day to try to you know the more that they're on the more likely it is that they like you just said discoverability so yeah i'm super excited about your night announcement next week to, to kind of help us delve into that next step because it is an interesting thing. It's happening right now, um, and it's super complex. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people think it's like you turn it on, you press stream, and all these people are going to watch you. Magically appear. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's the same thing with podcasting, right? I, I yes. mean, it, podcasting it, it, the same. It's really, it's really hard um, to get discovered by yes. in, in podcasting. There isn't... I would even almost suggest in a lot of ways it's it's harder um, because really the only good place to see other podcasts is like literally on iTunes. Um, like a yeah. lot of these apps on the phone don't have super good discoverability. Um, so, so it's hard unless it, it's all word of mouth. Like on education was built basically on Twitter. Big time. Um, and, and just <laughs> people sharing and then other people sharing. Um, we've run ads on things like Overcast before, um, but they're getting way too expensive. Mm-hmm. We just ran, we just finished one actually like a, a couple days ago, um, and I'm not sure we'll ever do it again because it was it was close to five hundred dollars. Jeez, uh, for a one month ad on Overcast, and it's uh, we maybe got thirty subscriptions out of it. God, and that just doesn't that's seem how, that's how that doesn't seem is. worth it at all. Um, so podcasting, you you don't instantly, and that's why a lot of people do podcasts and then they stop them yes. because they, you know, they it it takes a long time to do a really good podcast. It's a lot of work. Yes. I, I'd say collectively between the hours that you spend working on it and the hours that I spend working on it, we're probably in the range of three to four hours an episode, if I had to guess. Um, you know, so, you know, a lot of people just don't have that time for maybe getting 20 downloads an episode. I know. You know, that's and, like YouTube and thankfully too. we're yes. getting, you know, <laughs> obviously quite a bit more than that. Yes. Um, thanks to all of you. You guys right, are Right, awesome. of course. Keep, and that's um, the reason so why hard. it's so important for them to share. Um, you know, if it's they critically they hear, important to share. You know, when, when someone, it makes me super happy when someone just gives a tidbit of something that happened in an episode it just even something funny like uh people talking about because i mentioned my jeans last week or whatever (laughs) (laughs) but anything that strikes you that could have someone else listen and then they they listen and they're you know they're energized by the pod they're like yeah i could 
I, I want to listen to more of this. That would be awesome. Which brings me to this, Mike. Okay. There's two new podcasts that I want to give a shout out to because education podcast space is so crazily filled right now. Um, there's so many. And they, I, I, just this past week, I swear I saw five new podcasts come out that were education-related podcasts. Hmm. And it's super difficult to do. One of them is a friend of the podcast. She listens every single week, and she is a uh, Schoology ambassador along with us. And uh, Natasha has oh, a yeah. podcast, and it is called, I want to make sure I get it, Black and Blonde, okay? And it is freaking hilarious. Nice. Um, Natasha's humor um and and her i can't remember who who her co-host is and the dichotomy between the you know they're talking obviously they're talking about racial topics related to education and it is freaking awesome uh so i would highly recommend if you you're interested in that go for it and listen to that and another podcast that uh came by way of friend of the podcast um andrew arevalo who he had me coach a, one of his friends. His name is Michael Garcia, and just basically like give him the like, how do you even get this started? Right? It was it was awesome just talking him through our process, Mike, and then also mm. sharing with him just how difficult it is, <laughs> and yeah. just to be ready to grind this this out. And the podcast is called Edu with You, and it's uh, based in. Uh, uh, where I started my teaching career in Southeastern California and a variety of different topics, different than anything I've actually listened to. So I, I like that. I like when people take a different, their own take on something so that, you know, it's something that a listener could go, oh yeah, that's something unique and interesting that I can listen to. So anyway, <laughs> I gave that's them awesome. an ad, Mike. <laughs> And you guys didn't have to spend no money. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, no $500 ads no, no, here. No, but you you guys just keep grinding it out. Just know that, you know, at the beginning, it just takes time to to get those few view, you know, listeners and then the consistent listeners like we've had. And then those people that then, you know, it ends up growing and growing. And we can now depend, you know, depend upon this pretty core group of people that no matter what we put out, they they're out there listening which is amazing yeah i the best piece of advice i can give to people doing streaming to be honest youtube podcasts and yeah and um part of my big announcement is related to what i'm about to say and that's to be authentic yeah to just to be yourself um and do what you want to do because you'll do that better whatever it is that that thing is um one of the things i've struggled with the last month or so is is um because of twitch's low discoverability one of yeah. the best pieces of advice for streamers is to actually have like a second or even third platform that you are doing um related content on that then drives traffic to your twitch channel nice um and so i've i obviously have a, a pretty good handle on how to do social um Twitter in particular and and my um, streaming Instagram account is actually taking off um, but what I really wanted to do was YouTube and my problem was is that I was trying to do all of these things that I just wasn't good at that weren't oh, yeah. me and so 
I not only wasn't enjoying doing it, but I wasn't even enjoying the process of building it. Yeah, that's and super so tough. I think I've I've finally found a bit of a solution, and so that's what I'm going to share uh, when I'm ready to share it. But it's like that with everything. Like if you're fake on a podcast, if you're if you're not like just your authentic self. Um, you're not going to enjoy it and and people aren't going to enjoy it either. No. Um, we definitely have people that you know probably stop listening because we're we're, we're too political maybe sure. or have strong opinions or I, I think for um, sure that's you know happened. Mike's <laughs> voice is obnoxious you know and I'm, it is Mine's what it, it, Glenn it is at what everything. it is <laughs> so I, I mean but at least we're we are exactly who we say we are yeah um uh in my opinion and in particular me like i i just don't i just don't have the energy to be (laughs) anything other than exactly what i am and 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 so i think it's super important um if you're doing a podcast do it around things that you actually love and believe in and and have opinions about and want to share your voice on um because if you don't do that you'll burn out on it super quick especially if you're especially if you're grinding it out like we're saying on Mm -hmm. on 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 wanting to be successful at it so now you're working you know 10 15 hours a week on a podcast that you actually don't like doing because (laughs) you set a precedent for being something that you're not um it was one of the first things i when we realized that this was like really happening mm-hmm. um kind of around that isd 2018 piece yes um you know it was like okay it's time to think about you know how and this was mostly like just me i'm just talking for myself but sure. it was how do i want to present myself and 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 how do i want to um be seen out there especially now that the sandbox is a little bit real. Um, So, yeah, be authentic, be yourself. Um, And that's why we talk about video games and PlayStation (laughs) 5 and Xbox (laughs) X, Series X, which all came out this week. Is there any one of these that you're buying? I I have to get that Xbox. I have to get that Xbox, though... There's so many people and such a huge community yeah. on the on the PlayStation yeah. uh, side. Yeah. All the cool kids for the that record. I'm super tempted. Yes, um, you are. Because I, I play, you know, for example, I play FIFA all the time. That's a huge community there. But you know what? I just have so much invested <laughs> get both. Into, my, into my Xbox uh, thing that's... Just get both. Get both and then, yeah, just... Well, Just become you, that guy. you don't have to have choose. Both. That's what I do. <laughs> I will definitely get one before I get the other. Sure. Like, like the Which PlayStation is more of a priority okay. than getting an Xbox, but I'll end up getting both You'll for sure. Both. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited. Uh, I'll actually, um, I might get multiple PlayStations because, um, you know. Your kids? They're in, they're in pretty high demand here. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're super high demand they sell out like as soon as they come out you know there's like a an announcement in walmart and you you can't buy them basically no, no, no. i'm know. saying my kids are fighting over them in my house oh that's the demand <laughs> that's the kind of well they are you're not wrong they're in high demand everywhere um but i'm in saying the, the elbows get important. thrown just to play them in the in the house 
<laughs> so, I got it. <laughs> um, I, I might need more than one. And if got I want to stream anything, I need to have one in the office as well. So that makes sense. So we'll yes. see. We'll see. Oh, we'll, yeah, that's we'll true. You could do. stream to the. Yeah, that's yeah, going to yeah. be super so if I fun. Stream something on the PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 3. Ooh, Play, ooh. Five. <laughs> Old school. <laughs> Old school. Um, you know, I've got to I've got to figure all of that out. Um, yeah. And and new MacBooks have come out. Yes. Um, then, that have their own chips. So interesting. I'm not sure how many people <laughs> understand how like I think people obviously get that the processor in a computer is like the brain of the computer. Sure. But I don't think people fully understand that it is also it defines the platform that the device you know operates the ecosystem that defines the um where this system operates and so when you have for example an intel chip or an amd chip those are a, a specific kind of computer architecture that's that's what almost every computer is like every computer every mac even is running in this this same ecosystem even though there's also like a, a an operating system ecosystem on top of that right between ios and windows got it the underlying ecosystem that both of those are based on is the same it's it's macs have always had intel chips okay um and you know if you have a um an i7 an i5 and i3 those are intel chips and then some people have amd chips which are all running in the same kind of infrastructure ecosystem now and they all like compete with each other as far as the speed right at which they run at that's kind right. of the, the competitive yeah, yeah parts. for yeah. sure so the diff the only difference between like that amd intel thing is is like just the speed and price and stuff like that um you can run windows on both now all macbooks up until and this is why we're talking about this because this is kind of like the educational groundwork for why mm-hmm. this is important okay um, this is the quality <laughs> content you get on on Got education <laughs> um the uh, that's all the same, the Intel, AMD, and all Macs um, for the last probably 10, maybe even a little bit longer years, 15 years, have all been on in, in Intel chips, have had Intel chips in them. Um, and so Apple um, has been, though, making their own chips for their phones and iPads for a long time. Yes, um, uh, they are the there's a series chips. There's like the a like if you go and look up like a seven, a nine, whatever. Those are those are the um, some of the Apple chips. And now there's the M series chips. Um, and they've announced they announced a couple months ago that they were going to release all future MacBooks and they will not have Intel chips in in them anymore. Apple is making their own chips for their own laptops. Mm. Could be good and, or could be bad, right? It depends on what you care about. So okay. this is the conversation that came up on on Twitter. Because now all MacBooks are going to be outside of the common PC ecosystem. Oh. Um, side note. Yeah. All PlayStations and Xboxes now run amd chips so what they did in the last few years is actually um um 
I think with the um, with the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four, they were the first um, consoles that had similar chip structures as as PCs had as computers. As computers. Okay. So that was actually a really big deal for developers, um, because when you develop something for the uh, for a computer, you can now port it to a PlayStation or an Xbox quite a bit easier. Got it. So what happened with the consoles is the opposite of what's now happening with the Macs. So this is another one of those moves by Apple. If you're if I'm is... following this thing, where they always want to try to make something. Whether it be a freaking adapter of some sort or yeah. whatever it might be, or yeah. now you don't get any more ports, etc., that makes it even that more unique to this whole entire environment. Instead of trying to play with the in- entire thing, they are not like, playing, We're playing with in our them own anymore. Playground. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! So, so tell us if more. If you just use your Mac and you just live in the Apple ecosystem pretty constantly yeah and and um use your computer for um for work stuff um and uh, i know that adobe has announced um and has working versions of um of their a lot of their main line products like photoshop and premiere um and after effects all work on these new macs um but that's it in some cases right now. Um, and the biggest drawback to this is in gaming. Because, okay. again, games okay. are made for that PC, the chip ecosystem. So not talking about the operating system, because that's a whole other layer. Yes. But what's even more critical is that that PC chip ecosystem, um, these new MacBooks will not run on uh with based on that current part so what has to happen like for example steam yeah so steam will steam games you will not be able to play on on these new on these new macbooks as far as i know i could be wrong of course but it's because the chipset is entirely different it's like a whole Mm. it's like a whole different world now at the base level um what kind of defines the device because as much as we think it's that level above where it's like the operating system level yeah um where there's like your ios um and your in your os x um or mac os i guess they call it now and your windows there's actually a more critical layer below that there's actually a level of the pyramid below that that is way that's more important and the Mm. one that developers actually care about um, and so this is going to force a lot of people to create ports of different things. Um, and they're only going to do that if they care about, you know, how much of an audience is actually going to uh, buy true. those Mac. It has to like, it's going to be a financial investment that is not going to be undertaken by Apple, but undertaken by on the developer you know, side. Yes. The developer the side. This, the stuff, the so content. So they got to yes. decide whether like Fortnite, right? Or do we want to put, do we want to port Fortnite so it's compatible with these new Macs? Um, or do we just keep it compatible with the, I actually don't know if Fortnite is, is compatible even with the current Macs. Um, but like Epic and I'll tell you, 
Epic ain't doing anything for Apple right now. <laughs> they didn't even allow it into the right. The if you iTunes haven't heard, store, right? yes. Epic and Apple do not like each other right now. So, you know, I wouldn't expect Fortnite Which is on so, anything anytime so soon. So weird. That's but but that's so um, it's so weird that you would do that. But then again, it's it it is right along the lines of what they've always done. I think mm. Apple as a company itself, they've mm. always. Um, wanted to play in their own space. Yeah, they don't. They don't have to play along with you know all these other things. So they've always been the last to, you know, allow like Microsoft Word. Remember that was a big yeah, old deal when finally Microsoft and it, and Word like would be allowed. They made a huge deal out of it when it came out, right? It was like <laughs> yeah, finally you Bill could use Gates it on a MacBook. Steve Jobs on stage together. It was like <laughs> earth shattering, right? Now that being said, yeah, these chips are super fast. Okay. Like one of the main things that they're talking about is is they are incredibly fast. And the advantage for Apple is that they now control the entire process so they can make chips that are purpose-built for Macs. And that's a good thing. So, again, if you if you the gaming piece is probably the biggest like drawback. So, if you don't care about especially about like AAA gaming, um, so those like Assassin's Creed high-end games, right? And if you don't care about games, yeah. that, you're probably fine. Because one of the things also that's going to end up happening, I imagine, is the iOS app store yeah. um, will probably become very quickly compatible with Mac. So you'll be able to download and play iOS apps that are on your phone or your iPad on your MacBook. Because oh, now okay. they're all part of that. Like that chip ecosystem is now the same as the iPads and phones. Mm. So yeah, that's interesting then too. If you are if you live within that system, you don't even care. I mean, as if long you as you live, don't. If, if you, you don't, live in your yeah. happy little Apple world, <laughs> you're gonna be happy. You're fine with buying this MacBook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you probably should. Because yes. it's really fast and it's yeah. really good. Yeah. If you do other things, if you sideload Windows, for example, and tons of people do, you know, have Windows on their MacBooks yeah. and they you click a button and it you choose which one you want to load into and then you play games or whatever on the Windows side of your MacBook, you will not be able to do that at least the same way as you currently do you're going to now have to probably run a Windows emulator, which is mm. not the same and not no. going to solve your AAA gaming problem because an emulator still operates it, on right? the same chipset. Mm. And it's the chip that actually matters. Oh, man. Well, and there's your lesson a, in computer, <laughs> I, computer I like architecture. The, I like the lesson, though, too. And it also brought us full circle as far as what we're used to with... Uh, school districts that end up purchasing Apple devices. We end up finding out. We're oh like, my oh, God. God. Someone's going to buy these things and not know what they're buying. And There's like, a ton of things associated with that that you have to make sure that when you make that purchase that it's going to play well with, uh, obviously, the developer side on, this, on the educational front is going to be all the educational companies and all the software that runs on there and whether or not... Again, it plays well with those with with those specific types of devices. If, so it's interesting. If you're an IT director at a school district, and you are mm. in particular an Apple school district, yes, um, you're kind of getting screwed a little bit here, 
because you've developed an entire system that is reliant on Macs with Intel chipsets. Mm. And any new MacBooks, because they are not making Intel Macs anymore. Wow. Like, it's it's they're cutting them it's off. From this point forward, yes. I, I believe that that's correct. So any future Macs eventually, like, there's going to be a grandfather. They're going to have leftover inventory and whatever. But listen, if you're an IT person... I'd be running out. I'd be setting aside some capital budget to go buy like a couple hundred. It's going to be way cheaper for you to buy a whole bunch of Intel Macs yeah. than to deal with two competing chip ecosystems that can't run all the same programs or have multiple <sighs> versions. Could of, get really of complex. Multiple versions of the same program because of the of the chipset. Ooh. is a possibility that's actually a really really good point and we are a back school district and we have i know you are yeah, i know that's, that's why that's I a, mentioned and there's a lot of them uh in this area so yeah, i would just that's... look into it and if you find anything that's contrary to what i said like if you if yeah, let I'm us know just though yeah, yeah you let me know too because you i know you're going to probably be involved in some of those types of conversations well, at your school district. Well, you cause... just finished educating me too and making me a little paranoid to make sure, well, we, just to make sure we ask the right questions, especially uh-huh. not on yeah. the Mac side because yeah. will, they will give you the answers that you want to hear, uh-huh. but especially asking it on the developer oh, side. Oh, it's fine. You'll be fine. And saying, okay, so these new things, you does, do you, does your every software work with this? every program that you yes. have going to be compatible with the new Macs? It, it, some yeah. will. And some, some won't. Some will make that. a version because they're like an education focused company maybe have a vested interest in mm. in porting their program to be compatible with the new chipsets. Um, um but some won't. Yeah. Some won't. It depends on their market and what, what how much money they have because it's going to cost developers. I have no doubt that Apple will subsidize like if Steam, if Apple yeah. wants Steam to be compatible with these new MacBooks, Valve is going to be like, okay, well, you made the decision, you so you pay us to port it. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, yeah, we, we are super dependent. Everybody knows this right now, whether or not you're face-to-face or in hybrid environment, especially, or uh, full-distance learning going on mm-hmm. right now in your school districts on these devices and for them to just freaking work. Um, mm-hmm. and, I w- and there was a great tweet by Adrian Brandon, and she wrote, wow, that's quite a week. <laughs> She's so right. I'm so sorry. It's ser- she said, it's seriously one day, one hour even at a time over here. Uh, I've never been worried about burnout, and now it's slapping me in the face. Um, and, and then she continued to write basically that education the way it's being done right now is not sustainable and it made me think of there's so many different um ways that education is being done right now and i honestly have not heard very much positive (laughs) comments about any of them and that's because all of them have been distorted so even if you're in a face-to-face environment you're facing the dangers and you're completely face to face and you have all your students there like you normally would with masks, et cetera, or maybe not with masks. I, I don't know, you know, some in districts maybe don't have that uh, policy yet. And you're thinking about, you know, the spread of, of COVID throughout the uh, country or specifically within your state. Um, so that's 
distorting everything. Uh, hybrid environment, we've talked about it several different times, and it's not even really hybrid. It's this uh, concurrent learning that's going on where you're teaching students in front of you and teaching students online at the exact same time. And it's yeah. super difficult, super complex, and it burns people out. Every single day feels like a week. Um, and then, of course, we knew from the spring, as far as the reactions, that uh, teaching in a distance learning environment is just not the same as as teaching in any of these other things. And we're not really trained to do it very well. Um, and our students never signed up to, to, to learn in this type of environment. And their parents never signed up to want to no be in this environment. And so just overall, I wrote that all of these things suck and especially that COVID sucks overall. And I don't That's know true. if, you know, we don't... I don't know if there's an actual solution solution, but I do have some ideas. You want to hear one of my ideas? I One of the yeah, things of that I think we should do, and and I don't know how this would work because, you know, I, I and I don't think this would maybe ever happen, but maybe in the next administration. Um, but I think I ne we need a nationwide, or we'll call it a continent-wide, <laughs> um, stop from school. And where we get the opportunity as educators nationwide not just like you know like a little county here or a state here whatever it might be to just stop what we're doing and hit a reset button on how to move forward you know especially in like a distance environment because it looks like in the united states are out it just crazy numbers are happening every single day new records and eventually everybody will be back where we started in march uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry to tell this to everybody, but I think that we're going to head back where we're going to have to be in our homes for a certain amount of time. And we're going to be obviously distance learning. Um, but if we put a pause and just let everyone take a breath in and then did some actual training of like, what are some effective methods towards being able to engage our students, assess their learning and connect with them and make sure that they are, that the relationships are built and that we're checking on their mental health. Like just those things that we talked about even at the beginning of this whole thing, but we really do some good training, give some solid ideas, not just the methodology, like you should do this, but we're not going to tell you how to do it because we have no idea how, but some things that have actually worked. And, and even if it was a weak pause, Mike, Mm -hmm. And we paid all of our parents. So, uh, you know, a, a, a Wang style of thing, a Yang style, sorry, uh, type of uh, a payment so they could just stay at home with their kids for a week while we trained. I just yeah. feel like we just are lacking, you know, that whole uh, thing about, you know, a lot of people are putting that out there, the memes or just the statements of we're building the airplane. And I think maybe you've said that too, as we're, as we're flying it. Right. You know, we went off the so ledge funny. and we're piecing it all together and and we're hoping that it doesn't come crashing down into the ground that's that's not sustainable and i think that's what adrian is saying here this is the the burnout is real and the realization that each week feels uh, like a month and each day feels like a monday like i said before um it's it really is taxing on our teachers and on our students and our parents, administrators and everybody in between. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with we don't know how to transition. We've said we've said we we will transition to something different, yeah. but a lot of this stuff is still being done the same. Um, and it's because we don't know 
what steps to take what what are some ways some some strategies that do work we've had all kinds of different articles and experts reach out you know as far as written all kinds of different things blog posts etc but we just need um you know how we had uh, how at FETC or ISTE thousands and thousands of educators go to these places to learn the latest about all these different things and to kind of gather as a community and bring back those things to to their schools it's almost like we need a nationwide one where everybody we we all get to log into this to these experts and really learn from them and then have time to apply it into our classes so again i don't know if that will actually ever work up obviously probably not but i think that's the really the only way i can see us really making some headway because it's happening in very small pockets that they're success stories and we need to happen. We need it to happen in large pockets. Right. <laughs> the success needs to come in large pockets. So, I don't know. And what do you think? The about longer that? it's funny. The longer we go without some sort of intervention, yeah. Um, whether that's, um, you know, like so they're talking in Ontario about extending the Christmas break. Yes. Um, for for a week or or more. That's With the genius. logic that people are going to very stupidly get together at Christmas. Um, That's exactly and then right. The, and then the idea would be that by the time if you if you extended the holiday for another week after New Year's, so so generally there's that week after right after Christmas, and then if you went another week, so just a week, yes. but you would have that two week window between Christmas and when you came back. So, um, so that you could demonstrate or show if you had symptoms or not. So this is like coming back on the 11th instead of the 4th of January. So most, most people are going to come back on the 4th of January, which seems like a really small window from that other touch point, which will be New Year's Eve on the 31st. Yes. Right. So if you waited until like the 11th or the 18th to come back... Ideally, if people got infected from a family gathering or whatever, they would show symptoms and they would stay home, you know? Yes. And 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 if you didn't get sick, you know, you'd, you'd be able to go back to school. And I think that that's super smart. And so, you know, we know that district administrators, superintendents, people are listening to the podcast. Please consider that at least yeah i think it's that's a great idea i think it's incredibly smart to at least give yourselves a couple weeks if you are um, being pressured if it's in if they are insistent that you remain in person in some way shape or form please give yourselves at least an extra week or so buffer come back on the 11th or the 18th instead of the fourth which is when most I would I would probably guess ninety eight percent of schools are going to come back on the fourth. Um, please give yourself a little extra time. Allow symptoms to show or not show. And listen, it shouldn't be said, but you know anyone who's listening, don't just stay home. You know, yeah. you're you're the world will not end if you don't see your family this Christmas. But what will end is people's lives if you do. <laughs> it's It it's seems so, like common yeah. sense to me. We, um, Cheryl and I, we ordered a really cool box, um, food box for Christmas um, from HelloFresh. We're going to have a 
awesome meal here, just the four of us. Um, and I believe we're inviting, we're just inviting Cheryl's parents who are part of our bubble. Um, because yes. Jacob, go, Jacob goes over there every day. Um, so, so like we're exposed to them constantly. So Cheryl's parents are coming over. Um, so we're having six people for dinner. Um, and they are definitely people where, you know, if we're going to get sick from them, we've already, it's already happened. So, um, that's it. Do that, please. Um, and consider an extra long because everyone, everyone is tired. Here, Ever, here I, it, I'm not even yeah. in a classroom and I'm exhausted. I can't even imagine. Like Cheryl and I were talking about it, and Cheryl's got a really interesting role this year too. Yeah, um, where she's not like in an uh, in like she's in a classroom, but she's not teaching like the same class every day. Um, and like she's tired, and it's like she was saying to me the other day, I and even like the remote people who are doing full remote in Ontario, like it's a disaster in some places, and. It's Man. just everyone's tired. Everyone just needs to um, really think hard about what their decisions are going to be over Christmas break. And, and um, you know, if you are doing in person, you know, please consider not coming back for an extra week or so. I think it would I think it would save lives. I honestly yeah. think it would save lives. I was thinking that in the United States, one of the biggest travel days and actually one of the biggest shopping days happens not this week that's coming but the following week which is our thanksgiving week mike Mm. and that's also our black friday week and this is again the exact same situation what you just finished describing but just even earlier where we just have just people that are compelled to get together with each other because we're we we want to you know that's just part of being a human we want to be around our family we want to get uh those things and and then the i was just thinking about the black friday shopping like is that still going to happen at the rate that it's happened in the past as far as in the face-to-face environment and if it is that's a disaster (laughs) i'm sorry i just there has to be ways there's so many different ways to be able to do all of that shopping now and it happens online that's if you can just avoid it, you know, and not go get that new TV or whatever and do it on in a digital way, you know, do it online, then you should go do that. Um, and same thing as far as gathering at Thanksgiving. It's another time that we're in the United States. People travel. It's the biggest travel day in the United States, uh, even bigger than uh, during Christmas break. And so that Wednesday before, uh, you know, basically a, a week, a week out from uh, when you're probably listening to this podcast that's a huge day and if you are going to travel somewhere um like mike said and make sure that they're in your bubble that you've quarantined they've quarantined you understand that yes you you are symptom free and you uh you're not going to be spreading it to each other because it's already so crazy that yes it's it's insane and adrian thank you so much for this tweet i think this is a a thing where i see some of these tweets on on twitter and i'm like that's the reality that's what i hear and, and i hear every single day uh from my colleagues um and it's it's the environment that we're living in and now i'm just always hoping that we come up with solutions you know that's that's what i want is is ways to be able to address these things and help our teachers and these are some of the ways like what you just described uh uh both uh for the virus for health reasons we should take that week and imagine that we were able to do some sort of professional development in a distance way in an online way where they teachers could seek out solutions to things not philosophy or whatever it might be it's like we need the like 
uh, strategies that work in yeah. dif- in different uh, you know whatever whether it be during class to make those relationships work etc. We need those things. Um, so it's a tough tough thing, and we knew that it was going to be. We t- we said yeah. it we said it this summer. It was going to be you know this this fall was going to be hellish, and it's definitely been that. Wash your hands, wash your face, wear a mask, stay home, save lives. Yes, I love it. That's the equation. When (laughs) we come back, we had a very fun conversation with Sarah Thomas, and you don't want to miss it, so stay with us. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Our guest this week is the CEO of EduMatch and EduMatch Publishing. She's a prolific speaker and the regional tech coordinator uh, for a school district in the D.C. area. We're so excited to have back on the podcast, Sarah Thomas. Welcome oh, back. thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back. So thank you all for having me. We were just reminiscing, like, how how did we ever meet <laughs> you? And then number one, too, you were one of the few people that's actually have heard the episode zero of on uh-huh. education podcast yes. it's, the, it's the dreaded <laughs> episode i my, i think actually mike you edited that I episode did edit right it. i almost he threw did the gra- laptop out the damn window <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i believe he did it in garage band i did it I, in garage yes. yes yep yep it was he awful. put it and it was and he got such to... a horrible experience. Oh. <laughs> I gave that up. I gave that nonsense up right away. Like like it, it, the the biggest piece of like like outcome of episode zero was Mike cannot edit the oh. podcast. <laughs> oh man, it was definitely insane right away. <laughs> so we 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 outsourced it for a few years, um, and now Glenn Glenn does it wonderfully by the nice. way well, thank you. um so um but uh yes the episode zero only about 20 people have heard it yes. and you are yes. one of them so That's pretty, and we're, we're now awesome. i believe that you are this is episode 174 wow. oh my goodness that and this is the third time sarah that you have actually been on the show i actually went back in our old notes and i was like okay what have we actually spent spoke to Sarah about as far as in the past um, and what, you know, what topics should be hit on as far as in the, here in the future. I, when you heard that first episode zero, anything that comes to mind as far as like these two guys that were like, hey, Sarah, give us some feedback. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. I was like, those people that got to listen to that, I don't even, I mean, it's so long ago. You know, it's like two years ago. Yeah, I- like vaguely i vaguely remember it and i i remember Mm -hmm. like it was it was cool like it's y'all sound y'all when you talk about it you talk about like it was trash or something but it wasn't i liked it and i was just like (laughs) i was like this is cool y'all should keep this up and i mean and i tell everybody about y'all like seriously because like you know podcasting is one of the things i present about and i'm just like yo you know my friends over here they are killing it like from coast to coast internationally just doing their thing you know y'all are literally international so i mean like (laughs) man but but y'all y'all are really killing the game so i'm super proud of you it's a lot thank you so much and we're super happy to be able to welcome you back you know for the third time and each of the different episodes that we've had you on as i listened back i was like oh right (laughs) Friggin' Sarah. And then I saw you on the agenda for this 
for this upcoming month. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that's actually really cool. 174. You were one of the first, we think one of the first five episodes mm, yeah. that you were, you were uh, on. So oh boy. It, it's been a, it's been a, a long haul, Mike. Yeah. But, man. Yeah, that is awesome. We're going to have to have Sarah on it when, when we're in 200 plus yeah. then again. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should have, actually, I was thinking about it the other day, because it's coming close, is having like a episode 200 yeah. round table Ooh. sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, might be might be kind of neat having um, having a couple of people on all at once and just, I don't know what we would talk about, but I'm sure, <laughs> it'd be, I'm sure it would be smart and enlightening and yes. all of the things that our guests are. Oh, that would be awesome. Uh, so, I... I wanted to ask you, Sarah, so you and I have both kind of recently gotten into the same thing. Mm. You, you, you probably a little bit earlier than I have, but me in the last year or so really into like very small amounts of investing. Yeah. I don't have a ton of money. Let's just be clear. <laughs> but I have, I had just enough that I wanted to give this just a little bit of a shot now. Um, and so I, I have been, I, I mean, I'm only working with maybe like 1500 bucks. Like it's so like, it's not a lot of money. I'm curious. Like I just got into it because I wanted to find another place to, to save money. And I like when numbers go up <laughs> and down and, and it's like a game to me. So, so that's why I don't put a lot of money into it. And it's like, it's just, it's just the science of it. I found these fascinating, but I, I'm curious what made you get into it mm. why why are you interested in in this was there a was there a dry like was it a financial reason was it a you know teachers don't get paid enough <laughs> reason i gotta find a way to make that make that cake somehow mm. uh sort of thing i'm just curious about what the driving force is for um you getting into investing because i love i, I love your reflections on it i uh, we've chatted about it offline and um and i'm, I'm just curious your thoughts oh on yeah it. well i have to say my impetus for getting into this i i can just credit it to one source Zach Morris. Thank you to Zach Morris from Say by the Bell for that episode mm. where he put all of his teacher's money in potatoes and, and blew the whole stack. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that was, that was kind of like my first, um, you know, I'd heard a little bit about investing, but I have to say watching Say by the Bell, that topic just kind of fascinated me as a kid. And I want to say, um, from that time on, I started looking at like the paper, you know, looking at like the business section and I had a passing interest, but it really got, um, reignited over the years. I would say over maybe the last five or so years is when I really started getting into it because all of these different apps would come up, you know, um, and, yeah. and it made it really accessible. And I have to give a huge shout out to Dr. Tatul and Toya. Um, cause I remember one day we were just like chatting about it. You know, we were like, you do stocks, I do stocks, cool, blah, blah, blah. And he showed me Robin Hood. And once he showed me Robin Hood, then I got yeah. hooked. And I mean, like recently, I kind of went off the deep end, um, <laughs> took out a loan on like my <laughs> retirement money and started day trading. Oh, that was very short lived because I lost most of it very quickly. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I still have a little bit and, you know, I'm swing trading, trying to build my huh. portfolio back up. So, you know, today was, was a good day. I know we were chatting about that offline. So, so it was a pretty good day. So hopefully there's more days like that to come and, you know, maybe I'll be able to day trade again at some point 
just Tell just to be more. clear, is is yeah. Zach Morris still trash? Zach Morris is trash. Yeah, Zach Morris is total trash. <laughs> okay. But I just wanted to be clear. Yeah, I just I just had to you know I, I have to give him credit though because he he lit that fire you know <laughs> so. <laughs> when you said that, Sarah, I was like. Does she mean the guy from Saved <laughs> yeah. by the Bell? Yes, you do. She did. totally oh, meant yeah, the guy from Saved yeah. by the Bell. Zach yes, and Slater and yes. Lisa and all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Screech. Screech. How could I forget Screech? <laughs> so funny. Yes. Screech made the show, but I, yeah, he, he made the show for sure. So, Sarah, I obviously not just follow you on Twitter for the education posts and whatever else you're talking about there uh, that has to do with EduMatch. Um, all of the wonderful messages that you put on there, but now I'm a big fan of your Facebook account <laughs> also. And so I really wanted, and we wanted to talk to you about the election. Okay. Obviously, uh, Mike and I just in the previous episode had a long discussion about, you know, kind of the our reaction, mm-hmm. number one. Uh, mm-hmm. We reacted also to um, the speeches that were given and just the general feeling. Yeah. Uh, just like how we were feeling. I really want to uh, hear your reaction. Like, just let us know, like, what what you're thinking about, you know, when the final results, you know, when they were being posted. And I saw that you actually kept posting a different network as they yeah. as they kept confirming. Yeah. And actually, actually, how I felt, too, and that's what we were talking about, Mike and I, is like, I'm glad that they all waited mm-hmm. until the results were really solid and confirmed. Mm-hmm. And that um, it still feels kind of like not yeah. real uh, in, in a way. It totally so, still feels yeah. not real. So, it, it, you know, and, and you hear some things, it kind of brings back the jitters in, in me. Oh, so yeah. I really want to hear as far as what's your reaction? How are you feeling right now? And anything as far as like, where do you see us kind of moving forward? Um, hopefully January 20th <laughs> yes. and beyond. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I have to say me personally and speaking on behalf of Sarah, not on behalf of Edge Match or anything like that, but just me personally, um, I, I felt a bit of relief, like a lot of relief. I thought it was just going to be a bit because, you know, there's still a whole lot of work to be done. Um, but I yes. felt like the not knowing was just really driving me up the wall. And now I feel that we know. Um, and, you know, the next few weeks or months might be uh, still challenging. You know, we're still facing things such as a pandemic, um, social injustice, you know, and even when we have a change in leadership, then these things are not going to magically disappear, you know. So um, mm. there's still a lot of work to be done collectively by all of us. Um, but I do feel better in in knowing that there will be a change um and the you know the plans that i've heard coming from um our new president our new vice president you know um those help to put my mind at ease um like i just want to i i know right now um living in the dc area it's been extremely stressful. I mean, even just zeroing in on, you know, the elephant in the room, the COVID, right? Um, the area yes. where I live is, there's a lot of government people in Northern Virginia. 
And so when you had this mm-hmm. virus kind of ripping through government, you know, um, and cases were like skyrocketing in this area. And I mean, it, it felt like there was nothing really being done about it. You know, you'd go outside, you'd go to stores. Sometimes people would have a mask on. Sometimes they wouldn't. There'd be a sign on the door saying, wear your mask. But, you know, sometimes people would disregard it, even the people working there. Um, and I mm. mean, that made me feel very, it, it, it really made me feel like it was not going to end anytime soon. But I feel like yeah. with the plans that I've heard, um, I'm looking forward to, to at least, you know, that, that part being, um, you know, progress being made in that area. And I heard today that Pfizer has a vaccine that works with 90% effectiveness. So, you know, knock on wood, you know, definitely wow. want to, um, you know, hoping that, that part of our life goes back to quote unquote normal, you know? So yes. 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 Even just the way people are talking the last 48 hours is different. Like, like I've talked to a few people and just, you can hear it in their tone of voice and in their facial expressions that I, and I said it last week on the podcast, it's like a 320 pound weight has been lifted off of our shoulders. Yes. (laughs) Um, and, and just everyone, feels well you know what it is it's it's hope yeah again is what i think it is Mm -hmm. it's it's the idea that you know there's someone that you can disagree with joe biden all you want on like individual things and whatever don't ever doubt like especially with joe and and i think barack obama was like this but joe really is it's obvious that he will do what he thinks is best for as many people as human. The guy's just oozes empathy. Mm. And I think that that's, that's like an incredibly powerful um, aspect of hope that we haven't had in a long, long long time. time. A a president that's empathetic. Yes. Yes. I saw that you uh, specifically were posting about Madam Vice President (laughs) Harris and there's something, you know, there was Barack Obama and I saw Barack Obama um, the year that he was running for president the first time and he was in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin. And my wife and I had barely heard of him and we're like, and and had heard a couple of his messages, speeches, you know, obviously at the Democratic Convention and those types of things were like, and he was running for president, obviously against Hillary Clinton. And there was something just like crazy amazing yeah. Even when we went there, there was something in the crowd where all of us just looked at each other and were like, there's that hope that Mike is talking about, except times a million. And we wanted to be kind and do good things for each other. Mm. I, I don't know. I just felt like at that moment that that's what we were about to uh, to mm-hmm. do. And uh, he brought that out in us, I, I believe. And that speech that um, Kamala Harris gave there's something there too. And Mike was talking about it as far as on Twitter. Not only does it sound presidential, mm. but there's again, something that's, it's not only inclusive, but it's just this voice that we all need to go ahead that we needed to hear obviously, yes. but also that we can have confidence in like go, moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I saw you posting about that too. So any thoughts as far as, you know, obviously, uh, Madam Vice President yes. Harris to be elected. <laughs> Absolutely. Her speech was amazing. Like it brought me to yeah. tears, you know, and um yeah. it was it was just amazing. And I'm just super excited for um 
everything that she expressed in that speech, the part that one of the parts that really hit me was when she was saying that, you know, the little girls can look at her and know that anything is possible. Um, I mean, yes. just breaking so many glass ceilings in that moment, that was just incredible. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm always super proud. I'm always yelling bison because we're both Howard University graduates. So each you, you yes. know. So, um, yeah, but like she just, I'm, I'm excited, um, for the possibility of change. Um, you know, we, yes. we need a change. Um, you know, it's for these past four years for many people have been traumatic. You know, and yes. um, just I mean, it's 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 exhausting. It's exhausting. And, you know, it, it just feels like like you can breathe a little bit like speaking for me. I can breathe a little bit more after the results on Saturday. Um, yeah. So. So just crossing fingers and, and, and just, you know, praying for 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 that positive change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so switching gears a little bit, I, I, it's funny that this has come up when, when the when the when the pandemic first hit. I um, was actually kind of relishing the thought of staying home and not try. I, I went through a bit of a streak. <laughs> <He's> a <hermit. laughs> oh yeah, I am a hermit. I, I don't leave the house anymore. I, like ever. Like I, I'm not even being like facetious. I don't leave my yeah. house um, except to go grocery shopping on Saturday morning. That's that's I, I am home. Um, but I traveled a lot. Like I was, I was on the road at least two weeks a mm-hmm. month. Um, probably for the the six months preceding um when the pandemic started and um so when it first hit i was like oh this is gonna be nice i get to kind of just kind of <laughs> relax and, and and i hate flying you know um and i'm telling you both i miss it yeah. now i miss mm. it a lot like i am fine i i am dying to just kind of go somewhere yeah. uh, frankly anywhere I don't give a damn where I go I just kind of want to go somewhere and and so this it, it, I was thinking about you know education conferences and and kind of all we've missed because I think one of the things about these conferences and we hang out like yeah. I mean like so I'm missing my people now I'm missing um, being around yeah. you and Mandy and 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 Tisha and, and all these other friends, Mike Matera. We were talking. I was talking to Mike Matera the other day, and I was like, "Dude, I just miss you so much right Aww. now, man." <laughs> and it was like, it was like, um, I'm wondering if you and you were busy too. Like yes. you were all over the place, and and so I'm curious how it's affected you. You know, not um, seeing people um especially kind of these are this is your family you're really close with a lot of folks and and um you know i am too and 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 glenn is and um you know what's that been like what's that change been like and on a like a level of one to ten how much do you miss it Oh, 11. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I miss my peeps. Like, I, we missed ISTE karaoke this year. Right. Oh, that, see? Oh. That's what I'm, that's what <laughs> right? I'm saying. That that's is like, exactly what I'm I saying. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, 
I feel you though. I'm I'm right there with you. Like everything that you said, that is everything. Like I'm such a homebody, you know. So like the social part of it, um, like the like if you take out the ed tech conferences, I am cool with just staying here. I go out once a week usually. You know, I go out to like we we go face to face to work on Mondays. Um, hmm. and then on my way back, I usually swing by check on my parents, and the rest of the time I'm I'm here. You know, but um, I just have to say thank goodness that this happened in 2020 and not in like 1997. With I, I've seen memes like that with AOL dial up internet. Like what would we have done, right? But now at least we have like video and stuff like that and Voxer. That's true. But yeah, I never yeah, thought of that. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's hard, like, not being, you know, not giving your people hugs and, you know, mm. even when the world opens back up, then it's still going to be different, at least for a while, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited for when the world does open up safely and it's safe to go back out. You know, I'll be grateful for any of it that yeah. it comes the next back. One, like, that's the one next thing. one is going to be a yes. party. Yes. <laughs> Wherever yes. that is, whether like the next like live ISTE or FETC <laughs> in particular, like if it's FETC, yeah. like where it's nice and it's like, yeah. oh, man. oh, it's man, gonna be a party. Twenty twenty two. ISTE twenty twenty five. I'm like, that's away. man, and that's the one thing crazy. that this year has taught me, like just gratitude for the little things, like yeah. you know, like who knew that. On March 13th, you know, that everything, I mean, it's, it's just done, you know, I mean, like not done, done, but, but life as we know it would, would never, well, I don't want to say never, would not be the same for a long time to come, you know? So that, that's one of the things that this year taught me just to, to be grateful for, you know, what, what we do have when we have it. So, yeah. So, yeah. Like I told you, I look back at some of the outlines from the past. And one of the first questions we asked you two plus years ago, um, when you were our guest, it was about Edumatch. And Uh, what I'd like you to go in and tell us is kind of like an update on Edumatch. Like uh, any types of things as far as uh, book releases that have have been happening. Um, And even the way that Mike wrote this question, I love it. So I'm going to ask it that way. It says, what's been awesome (laughs) with Edumatch lately? Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, a lot has changed in two years. It's, It's really cool, you know, and it's all thanks to our community, you know, people coming in bringing parts of themselves to edumatch and that's that's how we grow together you know and we pivot um but since the since when we talked probably two years ago um that first time we talked between then and now we have released over 50 books um so that's yeah tonight we just had one like uh, the date of this recording november 9th and we just released um aubrey bright in stories that connect us so that Mm. is a great children's book written by uh jen casatad lee castle and illustrated by sahar fermani um who is a student of jen's a former student of jen's um so i mean you know we pivoted yeah thanks so we've done pd books we've done children's books we've done 
documentaries, we've done curriculum, and we're still still kind of grinding it out, you know, um, always trying to help amplify the voices of, um, of all of us telling our stories. And um, I guess another thing that has changed is that we have... I guess officially launched our nonprofit. We gave our very first mini grant um, to Tanikia Polk, who is doing a math seals program. So that's supporting, you know, um, a, a math boot camp program that she has going on. Uh, so shout out to her. Also, cool. um, we're doing EduMatch courses and EduMatch professional learning. That is the next thing that we are rolling out. So it's it's coming. Heck yeah! Um, that documentary that you're talking about is that with dr will is that the documentary yeah. you're talking about tell us about that because that, yeah. that's actually super interesting as far as that aspect of the uh the teacher becoming an entrepreneur and, and combining those those two fields into and, and what people have been doing great a great job with and in dr will i, I suppose in the documentary was interviewing people that have done yeah. this successfully yeah yeah, huge shout out to Dr. Will and the Edupreneur. So that was our first documentary. We have two that are currently out. So we have um, the Edupreneur and also uh, Thrive. Um, but telling you about the Edupreneur because that's that's um, that's that's the one that that you just asked about. Dr. Will, huge shout out to him. He um, interviewed several entrepreneurs in the field of education, just looking at the behind the scenes, what it's really like, tips and tricks to get started. Um, and just, I mean, it's a gold mine. It's a gold mine. And he's currently working on the sequel. Um, so I'm excited. The Edupreneur 2 is coming out shortly. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. Awesome. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Very, very cool. So Sarah, how yeah, can thanks. people connect with you online or get to Edumatch and be able to go ahead and explore anything there. Give us some information. Yeah. Totally. So um, Edumatch is edumatch.org. There's edumatchpublishing.com, edumatchfoundation.org. I feel like I'm leaving some edumatchcourses.com. <laughs> and um, on Twitter, you know, edu underscore match will lead you to all of the other ones. You know, you'll see the retweeted and all the branches. Uh, me, I'm Sarah the Teacher, S A R A H D A T E E C H U R. And um, that's my blogs, sarahtheteacher.com or sarahjanethomas.com. So Amazing. That's, yeah, thank you. Amazing. Sarah Thomas, thank you. Thank you. So so much oh, for being you. an awesome supporter of the podcast. You yes, you thank listen you so much. to a bunch of the oh, episodes. You. you always tweet when you are. She always like and, tweets and them with yes, exactly. I'm listening to this episode. Yes. We love We really it. appreciate <laughs> that. We we, we know we notice it. it. We notice yeah. it and we appreciate it. I smile every time I see one of those tweets because it, it just means your 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 um, you being you in our audience means a lot to us, I mm -hmm. think. And so I well, uh, appreciate that so much. Appreciate all your support. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast for a third time. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you so much for all that you all do for education. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Glenn Irvin. My co-host is Mike Washburn. On Education is part of the On Podcast Media Network. You can listen to this show and many others by great educators like Monica Burns, Mike Matera, Tisha Richmond, and many more by visiting onpodcastmedia.com. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website, oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. 
Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter, and I can be found on Twitter at Irv Spanish. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash uneducationpod. We're also on Instagram at uneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Participate, for supporting us. Check out Participate.com to learn more about them. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome and see you soon.